Today, I would like to speak about hunger, but not natural hunger, but spiritual hunger. You see, for, the, for a while we have been on this journey of transformation, and we know that it is a journey that will continue until Christ returns, uh, or until we go home to be with Him. And we know that it's the Holy Spirit. The Bible says He is the one who works in us both to will and to do of uh, and God's good pleasure. The Holy Spirit is so very patient. He will work with us over and over again. He will call us. He will encourage us. And persistently, deep will call to deep. And as long as it will take him to get us to cooperate with him, he will do it. So we just want to thank God for his love and his patience. I am a witness in my own life how um, long and how persistently the Spirit of God keeps calling me to go deeper with him. And as, as I said, he works in us both to will and to do of God's good pleasure. But the question I want to ask this day is what is it that will make me to answer the call of the spirit in my heart what is it that will make me say yes to the deep of god that is calling to the deep in me what is it that will cause me to to respond to the desires that the holy spirit is putting in my heart now we have spoken of many principles and actions that we are to take in this um, um, podcast. But you see, it is one thing to know something. It's quite another thing to do it. So I was thinking about it. Is there something that will help us to cooperate with the Spirit of God as He puts the desires of God in our hearts and gives us the power to perform it? And I believe that there is. I believe that the Holy Spirit uh, ministered to me what it is. And that thing is hunger. Hunger and thirst. In Matthew 5, 6, the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus is saying here that there is a quality that is demanded of those who will receive from God, and that is spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst. So this month, we want to speak of spiritual hunger, and next month, we'll talk about spiritual thirst. You see, in context, Jesus was speaking to the people of Israel. He had come to reveal God to them and to show them that he is the way to the Father. But he knew that many, especially the religious leaders, would not receive his message. In the parallel passage to Matthew 5 that we find in Luke 6, Jesus, after saying that those who are hungry will be filled, he goes on to say in verse 25, he said, Woe to you who are full, for you shall be hungry. <laughs> so though the Spirit is speaking in our hearts, giving us the desires of the Father for our lives, it is spiritual hunger and thirst that will determine if we will respond to his promptings. Therefore, it is very necessary that we know how to develop spiritual hunger and thirst and what are the things that hinder us from being spiritual hungry or thirsty? But like I said, we'll speak more of thirst next month. You see, many, many years ago, my pastor, Bishop Johnson, pre preached a message on spiritual hunger. 
in which he said that what keeps people from being hungry spiritually is that they are already filled. They are full. How true. In the natural realm, no one who is totally full is interested in food unless you are ready, ready or glutton. Why? It's because you are full. Many believers have no or very little spiritual hunger because they are already full of with something else. So the question is, what is it that has so uh, filled up believers that they have lost a desire for spiritual things or they only have a little desire to pursue the things of God more fully? You see, parents of young children know that if you want the child to eat that nutritionist food that you have prepared for them, you will not be giving them candy, ice cream, and cake before eating. Because what is going to happen is that those empty calories will just so f uh, uh, um, fill them up that they will have no desire for food. You see, in that same message that I, that I referred to, Bishop Johnson said that many people, they are filled up on spiritual junk food. Now, what exactly is spiritual junk food? Things that will just uh, cause us to be filled up, but we will lose our desire for the things of the Spirit or the things that we should be more interested in. Now, we know the usual corporates. We say, oh, a preoccupation with the things of this life, distractions of all kinds, social media. Um, you know, I heard a sister say that if she was to follow all the message, messages that she received on WhatsApp, she would do nothing else. So we all know that it's such a problem, okay? So we have uh, um, social media, we have distractions of all kinds, we have news, okay? We have uh, um, talking to people on the phone, some of us like idle phone conversations, you know, some watching TV, uh, 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 movies, shopping. Some people is just other people problems. You get engaged in things that don't concern you. Okay, some people is village association meetings, <laughs> sporting events, concerts, chasing after money, pleasure, leisure. Okay, so I'm just giving examples from all of us. We know it is different, but we're talking about what? The distractions of this life, the cares, like Jesus says, and the lust after other things. So these are some of the things that we become so involved with that we lose our spiritual hunger. However, there is something else that is a great hindrance to the development of spiritual hunger. And we see it in the account of the religious leaders of Israel. Okay? Jesus said what? They were, uh, they were already full. Because they thought they were full, they did not need to be hungry. So they believed that because they kept all the laws, the commandments of Moses, even though they really didn't keep them, no one could tell them anything else. They knew it all. They were filled with self-righteousness and did not leave any space for the true righteousness of God that Jesus came to introduce. We see another group of people kind of similar to these religious leaders. In Revelation 3, verses 16 to 17, Jesus is speaking to the church, okay, the Laodicean church, and he says, I know your works. 
You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, you are neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Why? Because you say, I am rich, I am increased with goods, I have need of nothing. But you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. What an indictment. But did you catch it? These were believers in Jesus who believed that they needed nothing. They were rich. They were increased in goods. Because of their material prosperity, they had entered into such a state of comfort. And they did not feel that they needed anything else. Their material comfort had lured them into a false sense of complacency. So they were comfortable with the level of their growth in grace. And they had no desire to press into their relationship with Jesus. Well, according to Jesus, they were lukewarm. He said, being in a state of ease, lacking a desire for more of God is a sign of lukewarmness. And he rebuked them sternly. Many believers, unfortunately, are in the same boat. They believe, like the Pharisees, that they know. No. So they unconsciously, or maybe I should say we unconsciously, tune out the message and make no effort to meditate on it further, you know. Like you go to church, maybe the pastor is preaching, ah, I've heard it. So you, you sometimes you're in church and you see people on their phones texting or watching something else while the man of God is preaching. Because you feel that ah, what he's talking about, you already know it. Okay? So some believers are like that. They believe like the Pharisees that they know. They believe that they are spiritual giants <laughs> and are unwilling to learn anything new. They are filled with self-righteousness and spiritual pride. And no one can tell them anything. Like I said, when they hear a word or when we hear a word on something that we think we already know, we tune it off. There is no hunger to grow, for example, in their prayer life or their worship or their word lives. Some people are so complacent. You know, they don't go to church prayer meetings. They don't get involved in um, prayer meetings. They don't get involved in the, the spiritual lives of the church. And then when you talk to them, say, ah, okay, you know, we've, we've been there a long time. We've done that thing. Uh, it is now your time to do it. You hear that. And then some people just don't really care, you know, okay. They are satisfied with where they are spiritually. They have no desire to be even obey the word that they hear, they may go to church, like I said, hear the word, preach, and it just goes through one ear, passes through the next. They do not want to become consistent obeyers of the word. They ignore the whisper of the spirit to come away, to press in and go deeper with God. Or like the Laodicean, they are only interested in seeking God when they have problems. However, when life is good, money is in the bank, they are healthy, wealthy, and wise. They become very comfortable and complacent, and they see no reason to hunger after the things of God. What a sad state of affairs. May that never be our portion. 
So now, how do we develop spiritual hunger? First, we must recognize our lack of spiritual hunger. You see, if a parent notices that a child is not eating, they will try to find out why. Is she sick? Is she eating a lot of junk food and thus has no appetite for real meals? In the same way, we must examine ourselves and ask some pertinent questions. I remember several years ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine with whom I had attended university. We were contrasting our conversations while in school and at this present time that we were having this conversation. We both realized that whereas in those days, <laughs> our conversations were for the most part about Jesus and the world, and the word, I'm sorry, at the present time, we were mostly talking about natural things. It was a wake-up call that we had lost our hunger. I'm glad to say that these days, we have regained our hunger for the things of the Spirit, and the vast majority of our conversations are about what God is doing and showing us in His Word. Am I saying that it is wrong to participate in natural conversations? Of course not. However, if most of your conversations are about the things of this life, that may be a sign of a lack of spiritual hunger. And there may be other signs that I don't have the time now to talk about. You will recognize it in your own life. Now, after we recognize that we have lost our spiritual hunger or we lack it, then next we must make a conscious decision to pursue spiritual things. Back to our analogy. We may not like the foods that are good for us like vegetables and whole grains, but the more we eat them, the more we will acquire a taste for them. I have realized that the more I seek the things of the Spirit, the more I desire them. So the more you read the Word, the more you will want to read it. The more you pray, the more you will want to pray and so forth. As one man of God said, the things of God will not fall on you like ripe mango off a tree. You must pursue them. And so as we have discussed further on this podcast, we will have to crucify the flesh and give ourselves to the things of the Spirit. So I just want to encourage us as I come to a close, let us pursue the things of the Spirit. Jesus said, blessed, happy, are those who hunger for spiritual things, for righteousness, they will be filled. So let us hunger, let us cooperate with the Holy Spirit as He works in us to will and to do of God's good pleasure. God bless you. I hope this was a blessing to you. I love you and see you next month.